0: Hello and welcome. I'm super excited to dive into this week's episode because I have a very special guest in the hot seat. And my guest is Finian Kelly from Financially Happy. So, Finian is the creator of the Financially Happy movement. He's a world renowned keynote speaker. He's been an undercover angel for the hit National Geographic series. And he's also an intentional living guide and a a leader in the breathwork field. So Finian has got extensive experience in the finance industry. He spent over a decade working in that field and he's in that time he's empowered hundreds of millennials to increase their wealth through practical and positive wealth creation strategies. But what I also love about Finian is how he's able to blend together the wealth creation with the happiness. Like Finian's going to speak today about how he uses his journaling practice so that he can live an intentional life. So, how he can discover his personal legend, how he can live as the person that he came here to be, and how he can be happy and fulfilled in his life. So, I'm super excited to dive into this episode and extract all this incredible wisdom that Finian has. And I'm sh- and I'd love you to join me for the ride. I'm sure you're going to get so much out of this interview and this episode. I believe this is going to massively enhance your journaling practice because I know some of Finn's techniques are really special. And without further ado, let's dive right in. Finian, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks, Georgina. It's a privilege to be here and let's have some fun.
0: For sure, for sure. So Finian, maybe you can start off by telling me a little bit about your personal journaling practice.
1: Okay, so I love journaling. I see it as the, the gateway to my soul. And I have a number of different journaling practices for different times of the day and also depending on what's coming up in my life. So a t- typical morning practice is I'll do stream of consciousness writing. So uh, there's the time it takes for the, a light ray from the sun to come down to the earth is eight minutes and 20 seconds. And I believe the sun is our light force, our spiritual element, So I just put a pen to paper and for eight minutes and 20 seconds, I just allow whatever comes down. And it's almost like my soul is speaking to me and and giving me little indications of things I need to pay attention to, things that may not be coming up in my thoughts because I'm just in an irrational thought process. And it gives me beautiful insights and just gets things off my chest. Through that, I just have a read and it gives me some indications of things I need to be paying attention to. Also in the morning, I write gratitude, three things I'm grateful for. And whenever I do gratitude, I never just stop at saying like, I'm grateful for my body. I would say, because, what's the feeling this evokes? And that just brings a lot more alive and elevates my state of emotion, which is super cool. And then I also do an intention for the day. So I write an intention, how do I want to show up today? So mine today was to make impact in everything I do. And that just gives me a grounding force just to see, all right, in each moment, just a little reminder, what am I trying to do? What's my focus here? So that's generally my morning process. Throughout the day, I carry an emotional journey or a a journal or a self-compassional compassion compassion journal. So sometimes emotions arise up and they come through us, and then we can get into this process where we try to analyze the emotions or it can really bring us down. So instead what i do is just write down what's it, what's coming up what caused the emotion and then i look at what would help this emotion like how can i let it go and then i sort of pass it off to the spiritual gods to the high beings and that's a beautiful clearing process and means that i can just let something come up and go because sometimes these emotions aren't even mine it could be someone else's energy and that could really affect the rest of my day and i always ask i'm, I'm a big believer in self compassion so i always ask like. What's the, the kindest thing that I could do for myself right now? And that generally helps me feel a lot better and clear. A new practice I've been doing is something called the Flow Checkout, which is a practice I took off one of my EO brethren, uh, Tariq, and it's to help us close out the end of our workday. So, so often you're like me, we, we live in the digital world. We have 24-hour time zones. We can work all day long and we can take our work into bed. So the act of a flow checkout is at the end of your workday, whether you decide I'm finishing at 12 o'clock, 5 o'clock, you just do a little practice. You rate your flow rating, like one out of five, how in flow were you in your workday today? Um, Then you write what did you appreciate about what you achieved or what you accomplished, a challenge that you had, and then write your number one priority for tomorrow. Now what that does is it closes off the day. And then you go, I'm proud. I've done it. I know what I'm doing tomorrow and I can enjoy my rest time for the rest of the day. That's been a really powerful thing for me recently, which I've loved that. And then finally, just my end of day process. So at the end of the night, I'll journal just anything that comes to my mind. I'll write the three things I'm grateful for again. And then I also rate my day the whole day. Like, how was it? And I do it out of 10. And it's not necessarily means that it was like full of the best moments of all time, but that doesn't have to happen to give me a 10. It's more, how did I show up? Did I live in line with my values? Did I move towards my priorities? And, and how did I feel ultimately? And I rate it and then I say, why? One, what this does is it positive reinforcement. If I'm doing good things and it gives me a 10, I'm reminded, okay, I've got to do this more of this tomorrow. Or if there's things that brought me below a 10, I remind myself that, all right, you don't enjoy that. Like you don't enjoy doing certain work tasks. So let's find a way to delegate them. So it's, it's this daily habit modifier. And the great thing is if your days are one, beautiful thing is you wake up tomorrow and you have an opportunity to make it a 10. So I find it an incredibly powerful experience.
0: Wow so that sounds like such an intentional practice in the sense of you have all these different journaling practices throughout the day I'm um, I'm really interested to dive a little bit more into the stream of consciousness that you mentioned at the beginning of, 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 your, of your practice then this idea about connecting with like the sunlight and 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 that's so, so what what kind what part of you does that practice does it tap into like what kind of insights do you get out of that morning session that you do every day?
1: So I see it as tapping into source energy, really. It's, it's this universal life force. Depending on what you believe in, I believe there's source energy and the sun is a great representation of that. It's that unconditional loving place. It's that connection to your soul. So what it does for me is I have no preconceived ideas of what I should be writing or what's important to me. I just allow it to flow. Because so often we're in, we've become addicted to our left side thinking brain, that logical, rational brain that we're always analyzing, always thinking. And often it takes us off track. We're not connected to our heart, to our soul. So this is a beautiful way to really connect with a heart. And it gives you beautiful indications of, whoa, you are off track here, or you don't realize how much this one area of your life brings you so much joy. Let's, let's bring it alive a little bit more. And I've, I've seen, I've Form love relationships of over it. I've ended relationships. I've created businesses through just seeing. i like, oh, this is coming up a fair bit, and also it just is a release, which I find beautifully cathartic.
0: Do you ever find that you don't know what to write about during that practice, or do do you find that you're tapping into something like some, some a different part of you that just is able to flow through you in those moments?
1: Yeah. So you brought up a beautiful point. The key is you don't know what you're writing about because you're not thinking. You're putting pen to paper and tapping in and just going, and your hand just takes over. It just starts writing for you. And I I love it for people who have started trying to start journaling. They're always trying to think and they're thinking too much and judging and analyzing. This is your safe place where no one needs to ever see it. I even recommend like just put it on a piece of paper and just throw it out afterwards, like burn it, and just see what comes up. So just allow it to flow. There's another tool which I've read is like doing in your opposite hand. And that means that you're sort of tricking your mind, the neuro pathways, the neuro pathways, which goes from thinking to writing. You're now doing it in your creative side and it then just flows a little bit more. I don't have that good enough writing. My right hand's bad enough as it is.
0: <laughs> so how important do you think it is in terms of like living a good life to be able to tap into source, that, that kind of higher self, as opposed to just always using the logical thinking brain?
1: Incredibly important. I think it's. Well, I, I don't think I feel it's the only way. When we're when we're using a logic brain, it's all thinking. It's all thoughts. But really, what we are uh, desiring is feelings, and it's our heart, our right side feeling body, which brings those feelings alive. So, without taking intentional time to sit and get connected to this place, you could be off on someone else's journey. You could be off on uh, really strong people who, who are very clear on what they're moving towards and you used to start taking on their stuff and that might be they great for their path but it might be not the right path for you
0: have you ever had a moment in your journal f- through this practice that you've got an insight that you have to let something go or, or change direction and it doesn't feel comfortable it's something that you don't necessarily want to hear and like what do you do if that kind of stuff comes up
1: Oh, all the time. It's one of the it's one of the most confronting things about journaling is you think you know yourself and you don't. And you sit down and you're like, Why is this coming up? Because you've created a fantasy. So often we love to create fantasies because it takes us out of the present moment. A lot of people aren't happy with their present moment. The present moment is all that matters. It's the magical place. But if you're not connected to it or you're not living authentically to your life, to your purpose, to your values, to the, your soul's purpose, it's a pretty miserable place. So what we do is we put ourselves in the place of the past. We reminisce of all the good times. And you'll see this with a lot of older people. There's two types of older people. There's the people who just live in the moment and they love it and you won't hear them talk about the past. And then there's other people who... Are just talking about the past all the time because it's like they, they fantasize about how the past was better and it makes them feel better in the present moment. We do the same with the future. We imagine this incredible future, and for a while we can live in that place, the daydream, the fantasy, and that makes us feel better about not living right now. But the problem about fantasies are, is that they're a fantasy. And when we fantasize things, we set ourselves up potentially for fear to creep in or failures to occur because it may not be our authentic path. So that's why the intentionality practice is all about getting into the magic of the now. So my tagline is be intentional and live in the now. To live in the now, you need to be intentional because there's so many distractions. Our society has created basically an environment, which is really challenging to live in the now. Mm -hmm. What does our our phones do? Takes us out of the now. We have, marketing. We have media from all different avenues. And we're, we're always being told that, oh, the future will be better. No, it's now what matters. Just drop into the present moment and all the magic is there. And that's what journaling does for me. It's that forced practice of getting deep in the now, being in the present and seeing what comes up. Now, I've had some really challenging moments where I'm reading it and it's just very clear. I'm like, I thought this relationship was good for me, but it's not. It's it's I'm my energy is dropping. That's a that's a good way to see if relationships are good for you or not. Are you, is your energy increasing or decreasing after them? They're decreasing. It's not that they're bad people. Mm-hmm. They're just not aligned to your soul right now. And sometimes relationships can change. They can be energy depleting and then become energy increasing, or a lot of the time it's the other way where you got energy first, but then you discover that they're, that they're de- depleting. Anything that depletes you, you need to eradicate it out of your life. And then the only other challenge I have with journaling sometimes is looking back after like a catastrophic event, like whether it's a, a divorce, a business failure, an illness and reading back through your last few months of journaling Right, and you're just going back and it's just like, oh my God, how much denial I was in. Every page, there's a comment about it but it's hidden. It's little things. It's in the stream of consciousness writing. But sometimes we get so caught up in our fantasies and in our, in our illusions, we choose not to see these things. So when we're doing this act, we need to pay attention and, and listen. Because the more we listen, the more the heart will open up. And the more we get into this beautiful, intuitive wisdom that's there and you become more stronger, more powerful, and just a lot more beautiful to be around.
0: So I feel that a lot of people struggle to kind of trust or tap into that intuition and, and um, almost feel confident enough to follow the guidance that you might be able to extract in, through a journey practice or other, other such tools. So how, what advice would you have for somebody, for people to help them feel like trust, trust the stuff come, that comes up? So as you were just describing there, if you see the signs written down that you notice them quicker and you're able to take action quicker.
1: Hmm. So start building a relationship with your heart. So I, I have a little heart meditation each morning and it's a self-compassion meditation where I start off with uh, deep diaphragmatic breathing. I then start breathing in and out of our heart. It sounds weird to breathe in and out of our heart because we think that we're breathing through here, but we're breathing light force, energy. So you still, yes, there's still air going through your nose, but you're actually focusing all your attention on the heart, uh, contracting and expanding. Once you get into that beautiful place, start saying, hello to your heart. Hello, heart. I'm so appreciative of all the wisdom you give me. I know I haven't been tapping in enough. I want to pay attention. Can you help me? Help guide me. And then you just sit and you breathe and then you can elevate your emotion with like four powerful ones. I got this off Greg Braden, who's an incredible spiritual teacher on uh, compassion, care, appreciation, and gratitude. Just thinking about those states. And you'll get yourself into an elevated emotional state. And then you can ask your heart little questions. And your heart will give you an answer before you've even finished the question. That's how powerful it is. The brain, whenever we ask the brain something, it actually goes up through the heart to the brain. Then the brain goes through its logical process and then it comes back down. The heart already knows. The time we should be asking the brain is really analytical, logical stuff, like a maths problem. The rest, life things, generally it's the heart. And listen, and whatever comes up first, trust it and act on it, and just see how it plays out. And you'll start seeing that you'll get it feel more alive, you'll feel better, your energy will increase, and you'll start building up that muscle. This heart is your most powerful muscle. Just like we train in the gym for our biceps, we need to be doing the same with our heart. But we've just neglected our hearts in the modern day world. Why
0: do you think we've neglected our hearts?
1: Because we started worshiping technology, we started worshiping the the scientific brain. We got taught this in schools that art, art isn't worth it. Creativity isn't important. It's all maths. It's all science. Now I'm a I'm a scientist. I have a maths degree. I have a physics degree. I've got a master's in science. Like I'm there, but my life has got so much better since I tapped into my heart, which is the true intelligence source. And the great thing is now science is finally catching up to this wisdom. There's now scientific evidence, lots of research you can go to places like the Heart Math Institute. And they've been studying the heart and it's now telling us that this is the true intelligence source. This is the true brain. And that's what's exciting. And just the stuff like the yogis and the spiritual teachers have known for thousands of years because they intuitively knew this, right. science has finally caught up. And that's where science is always lagging.
0: Wow. And so I'm loving this. I'm loving this idea that we have this innate wisdom and actually your journal can be one of the tools that can help you tap into that. And mm-hmm. Better guide your life in the direction that you really want to go, rather than the direction that it might be going. And that might not be right, exactly the right place for you. um So I'm curious to you t- talking about, about this idea about living in the now and and how the now is a, this magical moment. Why do you think so many people? Why do you think it's so hard to embrace the now fully? Why why are we so resistant to being with what is present in this moment?
1: It's a great question. I believe there's a few reasons. I believe one is. When you're in the now, you have to truly face yourself. And that can be scary. We, we haven't got to know ourselves. We're, a lot of the time, we're not living authentically. We're not in line with our purpose and values. So when you're in the now, everything shows up. It's like looking in the mirror and suddenly seeing, oh, wow, I'm a little bit, I've put on a little bit of weight or I've aged a little bit. Like we actually have to see ourselves for who we are. And when we do that, it forces us to take action, action that potentially we're scared to do or we don't want to do because we've created a fantasy about another life. So that's one. Uh, I believe we've also been educated this way. It's all about from a young age, everything's about when you do this, well, what what are you doing next? It's like, what are you doing um, after school? What are you doing after college? What's your next job? You're getting in a relationship. When are you getting married? It's all about the next steps. So we've been conditioned and unfortunately, Um, parenting parents are responsible for that we we train our kids to go out of the now we're always telling them stop doing this doing this it's like they're in the present like they're magical we should be learning from children they know how to live in the now and then we train them out of it so that's that's another reason and then just the way we've created our lives full of distractions there's so many distractions and we feel like we've we've put ourselves into survival mindset. We always think that we need to be thinking about the next thing. And some of this comes from back way in our prehistoric times where we're thinking about our next meal and everything, but Mm -hmm. we don't need to really worry about that much. Now Mm -hmm. we tap into the universal source energy and most of us are living pretty abundant lives. Now you, all you have to do is read the book abundance and it'll tell you how much better, the poorest people's life now is better than the richest person's 100 years ago. But we're, we're not satisfied. We're always wanting more. And that's the key element of being in the now is you you need to be satisfied. You need to be grateful and, and feel like you are enough because we are enough. But that's why we live in the future and the past because we tell ourselves we're not enough.
0: Do you think that is that like a universal problem, that not enoughness? Or do some people experience that more than others? What's your thoughts on that?
1: In a generalization, I feel in the modern day society, it's it's where we're heading. It's all about separateness. It's all about we're not enough. Every single person is magic. We're all enough. And that's something we need to tap into and realize that um, you were brought here. Your soul decided this journey and you it decided this journey to learn. So everything that comes up for you is actually a gift. And... We're meant to find our way back to each other, to so that concept of universal love. And unfortunately, we've, we have an ego. And an ego, I don't believe ego is an enemy, even though I do like Ryan Holiday's book. But I, I believe ego is our friend. Ego is there to protect us. It's basically to give us a almost a sounding board to go, this is risky, don't do this. But we've trained our egos to be in a place where ego thinks that Change is bad because right now the ego is responsible for just keeping your life Mm -hmm. effectively. Mm -hmm. And we, even if your life is horrible, the ego goes, "Well, I'm alive, so I'm just going to keep doing that." So the more we build a relationship with our ego and say, "Look, I know, I thank you. You've been guiding me, but I've got this. I know that this change, ending this relationship or starting the business, is good for me. Just, just give me a chance and override it." Then your ego will start trusting you a little bit more as well. So. That's a different view of the ego from a lot of people, but I feel like we can come close to it. Instead, what we've done is we've made this ego so strong, it decides our life, and then really smart people in the world have worked out how to manipulate our egos. Okay. That's, what, that's what marketers do. They okay. manipulate our egos. They mm-hmm. place into our places of our fears and our desires, and they play in it. That's why, why we're addicted to social media, because it plays into our ego needs.
0: Wow, so it sounds like there's so much value in really getting to know yourself so that you can identify the difference between like ego needs and for example soul needs. And is this one thing that you find with your journal then that it helps you differentiate between the two of them so that you are able to make the right decisions for like your path, like where you where you want to head, where you want to go next.
1: A hundred percent. I I'll notice things and I'll even write comments. It's like I'll be journaling, then I'm like, ah, oh, hello ego. Yes,
2: <laughs> <me." I'm like,
1: laughs> You just snuck in there, and sometimes the ego is incredibly creative. Like, it can come into the place where you think you're doing a spiritual path, and then you're like, ah, oh, here you are again. And now, rather than this is where I'm a big believer of self-compassion, we yeah. need to be in a place of self-compassion is a way to soothe that. Self-criticism mm-hmm. is just another ego act. Right? We we say, oh, how did you do that? You're so bad. Oh, there you are again. It's like, huh? Oh, just rubbing yourself, being kind, and like having a little laugh, and you know, going, that's okay. I, I see you. Uh, thanks. You, thanks for giving me a little little thought.
0: Have you got better over time at identifying the the difference between the two? Like, can you can you sense quicker now when like ego is showing up in, instead of instead of soul? And are you getting better at um, calming the ego and maybe silencing it when you don't need its voice to be quite so loud?
1: One hundred percent. I couldn't even tell in the past. And Now through journaling, I'm I'm getting a lot better, and mm-hmm. it's it's. I know that because it comes up quite a lot throughout the day. And I just laugh. And that's that's where it's beautiful. Like we need to understand, like Rum Dust talks about we have three levels of consciousness. We have the personality, the ego, which is most of us are living in that place. We're so caught up into our personality and the ego. Then the second level is the the soul. It's the the reason why we chose to come through into this body in this exact environment in our life to learn something. Mm-hmm. And we need to be operating in that place a lot more and that, that's where we get true love, true abundance, true happiness by operating in that place. And then the third is spirit, understanding that we're all one, all connected. And we need to operate in all three. That's the human condition. But there's people who get stuck in their ego world. There's also people who spiritual bypass and get stuck just in the spiritual world and they forget that we're here, our soul has a purpose and we're here to connect to things. So that's something I do a regular journaling practice as well. It's like, all right, where am I at in these three levels? And what do I need to pay attention to? What needs to happen?
0: I love it. So, so I'm getting a real sense that like your journaling practice is helping you to like make the decisions that are best aligned with with your path. Um, and I'm curious to know, I, I'm, I'm sure, I've heard you say this before that like money is one of the things that can extract you from the now, like it can pull you out of the now. So what do you what, what do you recommend for people who like you get this soul insight or you get an idea of like the goal you should be setting or a decision you can be making, but there's like an economical reason why you can't do that. Like how can you navigate around that? let's let's, let's talk a little bit about that.
1: It's a great question. So when you get that insight and it's like, I know I need to move to another country or I need to start a business or anything, often what happens that ego comes up now, mm-hmm. self self-critiquing place and says, you can't do that. You don't have enough money. That's not possible. That's too hard. And instead of like just feeding it, just go, Oh, thank you for alerting me. And then just get into this place where you get into an elevated state, uh, rising, raising your emotions of just feeling that emotion of like, all right, what would it be like to be in that place, whether it's starting the business or anything? Um, and you've got to do it from the present place. It can't be in the future, uh, future. You've got to be acting like it's already happened. And Dr. Spencer always talks about this, like the visualization process. And you be in that place and you, you bring it alive and you see what you're feeling, what's happening. And then you go through this journey and then you go, well, what, what steps would need to be taken to get there? And you just write them all down and rather with any limiting beliefs. And then finally, You do it and then you go, okay, I'm going to hand it over to the universal gods, universal trust um, source to show me the way, to organize it the way that's meant to happen. And then your role is is to pay attention each day for these opportunities that will arise to you because that's how the universe works, but also take forward action towards these places. Mm -hmm. So often people will be given this opportunity and because they're in this self-critiquing mind and they're doubting themselves or saying it's not possible. They don't even take it and they ignore it. And that one, it, it can seem like a little thing. It could be an, a coffee with someone. Mm-hmm. And if they just go onto to that coffee with that someone. They could have opened up the doors to their dream yeah. job or something like that. It's those little things. And you see that the people who flow through life mm-hmm. and they just are abundant. It's because they believe it. And abundance just comes to them because it, it happens. So that's our role. And I truly believe every single human being on this earth can be abundant. We create our own environment. And it's very hard to hear that. Like I'm a coach and uh, I speak and it's very hard when people are in that moment and I have so much compassion for them. When they're, they're in that moment and they can't make their paychecks, they're sick, they have bad relationships, they're from abused families, all these different things. And I really feel for them. I have, my heart goes out to them. But the, I can't, I don't feel like, I don't have a, I feel sorry for them. I send them so much love and compassion because I'm like, you can do this. Like you have created this environment and it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And it's hard to see how did I even create that environment? Just go. The first thing is, is awareness. You need to be realized that you're in that environment. The second is you need to accept that you're in that environment. No blame, no judgment, no defending. Just go. I accept that I'm in this environment. Then you go through the third step of transformation, which is direct experience, feeling, what those emotions arise, playing with it. And then you need to hand it over, hand it over to like be the witness and see yourself and and pass it off. And then things can start moving. All that matters. And we know that because we see people who come from nothing and become up here because they did a mindset shift. It's all about mindset. And then these little iterative changes will change your environment. But we don't want to do that because we want, to, we, we want to be a victim. We want to blame other people for where we're at in life. The only way to change is to take full responsibility. Even if you can't see any way that you got yourself into the situation, you just need to accept it and go, all right, my soul decided for me to be in this situation. That's a beautiful way to accept things. My soul decided for me to be in this situation to learn something in this lifetime. So let's learn it and then let's get out
0: of it. That makes a lot of sense. Like I'm I'm feeling that when you're able to take like full responsibility for something, like it's almost like that that decision puts you back in the driver's seat so that you then in full control and then you get to choose the next steps rather than waiting for other people or the circumstances to change, which maybe you have no control over and then you can feel like you're peddling backwards and not going anywhere and mm-hmm. I also really liked what you said about the coffee example like that the the next step could be a coffee with somebody and I think sometimes when we, when we want to make a big change or when we feel that money's and money's a reason to say no that we want to know what the final outcome is but often we're not in a position to see what two three four five six steps further down the line are but we'll know that once we have the coffee and meet the person then suddenly that door opens and then the path ahead is completely changed but unless we have the courage to take those steps and unless we're identifying what those steps are we can find ourselves stuck and then frustrating is that when you know you want something or when you get an insight as to where you want to go next and things don't happen quick enough or things don't seem to be moving it can be really frustrating and I think sometimes that it's very easy to fall back on um Like the logical thinking, like oh, I can't do that because it's too expensive, or I can't do that because I've, I'm too tied up where I am at the moment. Um, so I, I, I'm really, I really want to dive into this idea about how, like, the mindset piece. You were talking about how the mindset's so important, and I'd love to hear some of your insights as to how you can become a more abundant person pre journaling by changing your mindset. Can you can you share some tips around that? Because I know it's one area that you're very you're very skilled in.
1: Yeah. So our beliefs shape our, our thoughts, which shape our behaviors, which shape our feelings. We're all seeking a feeling. So if there's something that we're not, if we're not feeling good, like if we're feeling like a failure or feeling scarce, something else in that circle, because it's, it's a closed circle, mm-hmm. is driving it. So you need to look at, well, is there a core belief that is affecting me? Or are my thoughts? Are my thoughts really negative each day? Like, do I tell myself that I am I am fat or I am failure or or whatever it is? And then my behaviors match that as well. It approved that little (laughs) because something just fell off the wall. It was classic. Um, it, It it and then the behaviors reiterate those thoughts. So if you are telling yourself fat, you're fat, and then you're eating chocolate cookies all day, the behaviors are then going to make you feel unhealthy, which yeah. then your core belief is you're going to be fat again. Mm-hmm. So you need to take something in that loop. You mm-hmm. need to change. And often the thoughts and behaviors are sometimes the easiest because the core belief is quite ch- hard to change. So if you want to feel more abundant, mm-hmm. like start doing the actions of what a b- abundant person would do. They would be in touch with their monetary situation. They would believe that they're worth something and ask for their their worth. They would Start investing because abundant people invest. It's one of the funniest things. I've helped so many people become like millionaires, even though they're in debt, by just saying like abundant people invest. That's all that they do. And then they start seeing, oh, I can do this. And then they start getting opportunities, they're positive, they become more positive, they get a promotion, all these different things happen. And that's where it's all about this first step. It's really hard, it's really frustrating when people just go. They, they know that they want a different life, but then they look at it and they're like, oh, I don't want to invest $2,000 in this. That's going to set me back. But they're looking at one variable. They're just looking at the bank account at that exact moment. They're not seeing that they're going to have become basically a new human being. They're going to get a, an upgrade with new code because they have faulty code in them because they're, they're not achieving what they want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And All these things happen and then suddenly, it's like this energetic force. It's all happening and then suddenly there's a quantum leap. And that's what a quantum leap is, is when all these little behavior changes, belief changes, uh, thoughts, their feelings, they start operating and then suddenly you become upgraded as a new human level being. And that's why you see people who seem like they have these overnight successes, complete transformation. It wasn't overnight. It was a series of events where it all came together and took them to be another person. But the human brain thinks in a linear way. They see ourselves and it's like, We've got to take this step to get to this step to this step to get to there. Life doesn't happen like that. Every potential that has ever happened in this world is already out there in the quantum field. We just have to go out and just pick the ones that we want. But that's confronting again, because when we hear that, that challenges everyone, because then we have to then take responsibility for where we're at right now. We can't blame our circumstance. We can't blame other people. We have to realize that we are going out and picking those things in our life, even though we don't love it. And that's why intentionality is so important. We need to be intentional with what is the vision that we have for our life, then go out and claim it.
0: Wow. So I'm loving this idea about, you're talking about taking, like, choosing different actions to take so that you're changing certain behaviors and, and then the impact that can happen if you keep doing those behaviors consistently and you're building new habits and, and then those those new habits like reinforce new feelings so actually, I'd love to know more about you said you said earlier that like we're chasing the feelings like it's the feelings that we want so why why is why is that the area we should be focusing on? why should we focus on creating the feelings rather than saying like buying the house or taking the holiday or whatever whatever thing it is you want, why should we focus on the feelings instead?
1: because the feelings can be achieved right now where some of the other things may take time so if we get so focused on buying a house we're taking ourselves out of the present moment we're saying we'll be happy when we have that house this happens when we're not attached to what is it what when we get that house what is it we're actually looking for so it could be well i want a place to entertain i want a place to bring my family up um i want to feel some form of security we often what happens is we attach a certain outcome, a certain goal to bring those feelings into our life. But when we get attached to the feelings, we could realize we could have that right now. Like I could have those same feelings living in a in a shed if I really evoked it. If I really went, you know what? I'm here uh, I've got a place. I can entertain. I can bring people up. I can create fond memories. We can do that. Same with traveling. Everyone loves to put things because we have been conditioned by marketing and social media to say, Travelling these days means travelling first class around the world, spending $50,000 on international travel. But really, what are we looking for with travel for some people? It's new experiences, it's adventure, it's learning. Often, it's just connection with my loved one. Mm -hmm. You can do that in your backyard. If anything, of what COVID has taught us is that there's a lot of stuff you can do right outside your door that someone else from the other side around the world would love to come to. And that doesn't cost money a lot of the time. And what it does is when you realize that you can have this now, you start living in a place of now, you start becoming more abundant because you stop telling yourself, I need this to be happy. And then the funny thing is abundance just comes more because you're in a more positive mindset. You believe more and stuff just starts flowing to you. So you'll end up being able to do the international travel. But when we, when we want something so much, it's telling us that we don't have it now and we're in a place of lack. And to manifest, you have to be in a place of abundance. That's the problem with how most people manifest and they, they do it for a while and then they don't believe that it works is because they don't believe they're worthy of it. They, they, they're reminding themselves every time they manifest that they're not where they want to be and they don't believe it's possible. So the key thing about manifesting is believing that you already have it because you do. It's in the quantum field. It's already happened. You need to attract it and then just allow it to flow to you when the universe decides for it to happen. And that's the secret of manifestation.
0: So That sounds really passive. Is, is it as simple as just sitting there and think, oh, it's going to come to me at some point? Or would you have to do no,
1: it? Well? There's forward action. So then you start mm-hmm. going, to, like I shared before, all right, the person who has received this, what, how would they show up each day? How would they act? So if you're looking for a job promotion and you're manifesting it, what would they do? Well, they would walk confidently throughout the office. They'll be adding value. They would be seeing what projects they could take on. Mm-hmm. They would be asking. They would be putting their hat in for the actual job application. They would be speaking to the boss. So this is where it's the opposite. The The previous way is passive where we just like hope and it's it's actually just it's detracting. It actually can take us backwards. Mm-hmm. This is believing we've already got it and then taking the action to get
0: there. Mm-hmm. I see. So there's a difference between, like say, hope, but there's a difference between hope and belief. And the important thing here is to cultivate that self-belief. So is that something you can do with the help of journaling?
1: 100%. You start writing out these these visions and you start evoking the emotions that you're feeling of getting it. Writing it down is helpful for a lot of people. Some people aren't very good at visualizing. Their their Mm -hmm. self-talk comes in. So we write it down. Okay, I I am so grateful for uh, receiving that job promotion. It was really nice to be recognized for my worth. I've been given so much more opportunity. Notice it's all past tense or present tense. And you start bringing up more and more of the emotions. And then you read it. And then you can write it more and you can create it deeper. At the start, because your self-critiquing muscle might be so strong, yep. it might be really hard to write some things down. So you just write a couple of things. And it's really important. Write down what you can believe. It's, it's almost like you need to be specific enough Mm-hmm. You, want to be, you want to be so specific that it brings it more alive. You mm-hmm. don't want to be so specific that you can't believe it. Mm-hmm. So that's why you, we don't put timeframes on these things because timeframes, you're anchoring, you're creating a story, you're not let trusting the universe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then over time, mm-hmm. as you believe it more, you build it out more. So these vision vision statements come stronger and stronger. And then before you know it, you believe it. And then once you believe it, that's when it happens.
0: That's such a that's such a beautiful and empowering way to to create your life, right? to, to visualize it first and and then take the action, but trust as well, like factoring in the, the self trust, the the guidance, all those pieces we've been talking about. That that feels that feels really beautiful, and it also feels very present as well.
1: It is, and it's super empowering. Uh-huh. You now have some you now have some freedom. You now have some choice. Now it's very important to remember. By doing this doesn't mean your life is going to be perfect, magical. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything's not going to be a great experience. Because remember, your soul came here to learn certain things. So it's going to throw some paths out to you. But in those moments, you have to trust. This is where the trust is. and going, trust this is good for you. And I've struggled with that over times. It's very, very hard. But the times I haven't, I've stayed in that victim mentality for a long time. And my life just kept continuing to suck. As soon as I accepted and I went, all right, I trust this is good thing, a good thing for me. It's funny. Things just started changing again.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, so, Finn, I know something that you were very, um, like a word you use a lot, I've noticed is intentional, intentionality. Can you just explain what that means and, and how you, and how that helps you be your best self?
1: So, intentionality to me is being both, is being purposeful in both word and action. So it's identifying that we, our word is our sort of our thoughts and our action creates our feelings. So it's understanding that we're a thinking and feeling body and being very aware that we really determine those things. We determine how we think, how we feel. Mm-hmm. So I want to be mindful that every time I'm doing something, every time I'm speaking, each word, each action, Am I consciously doing this or am I unconsciously doing this? We have the conscious brain and the subconscious brain. And it's about 5% of our thoughts and actions throughout the day are conscious. The rest is our subconscious, our 95%. So, what intentionality to me is, is getting connected to our subconscious through our conscious brain and putting in new good code into our system. Think of the subconscious as a, a operating system in your in your computer. If you put good code in, it works nicely. If you put bad code in, it's, you're not going to have a very functioning computer. So my intentionality is about always thinking, always taking action. Am I putting good code into my subconscious? Because it's the subconscious which taps into the quantum field, which brings the life that we really want. So that means for that small part each day, that 5%, We need to be very, very conscious with that. We need to be very, very intentional. If I put in, if I only get 5% of my day and my thoughts are negative, what's going to happen down there? Like we're going to water the weed, like Titna Han, beautiful Buddhist teacher. He talks about, we've got two seeds in us. We have a seed of a beautiful flower. Like it's just the most remarkable flower. It could be the lotus, whatever you think of rose. I love roses. So I think of that. And then we have the weed, the seed of the weed. And our thoughts are the water. So the thoughts that come in, if we're putting in negative thoughts, it's going to go feed the weed. And a weed's going to grow and that's how our life's going to look like. It's going to be yucky. It's going to be painful. We're not going to get pleasure. But if we put positive thoughts in, the positive water is going to come down and feed our rose, our lotus, and that's how our life's going to look. So really, intentionality is going, what am I doing? Am I feeding the good water? Or the bad water? Am I feeding the rose or am I feeding the weed? That's what intentionality is for me.
0: Well, oh, that's, that's such a beautiful analogy. That's that's so visual. And I'm loving how, again, like the journaling practice like, feeds in so beautifully to this because if you know the thoughts that you should be feeding to feed the rose, to feed the flowers rather than the weeds, then your inner garden is going to be so much more magical and beautiful than yeah. like a crazy jungle of junk.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that whole saying, "Stop and smell the roses," it's like it double. It's a double analogy for me. So it builds on. It's like you need to stop, be intentional to stop, be in the present moment, and that's when you get to smell your rose. That's being intentional, living in the now. It's where all the magic is. So ask yourself, Have I been smelling my rose? Have I been stopping and smelling my rose? And if you're not, when you stop and you're not smelling your rose, it's an indication. All right, you've been feeding the weed. So let's go. Let's go change that.
0: Oh, that's such a. So if you know, if if you could tell somebody like one thing to help them drop into the present, like almost instantly, is is there something that's is there a practice someone could do to? Oh
1: yeah, my favorite thing. It's the most simplest, beautiful thing we have in our life. It's free. We all do it. A lot of us, most of us, do it unconsciously. It's the simple breath, a simple act of a conscious, intentional breath breathing in through the nose, going deep from the lower abdomen up into the upper abdomen, holding it for a little bit in the heart, just holding it, and then just letting it all out. You'll notice right now there's a frequency change. Everyone who's listening in right now will feel that as well. There's just this beautiful dead silence. Because both of us got into a coherent state. We dropped into the present moment and everything's magic in that moment. It doesn't matter what's happening in your life right now. If you do a conscious breath, you'll feel magic. you really, really well. And if you don't feel that after one breath, maybe you didn't do the breath well enough. So just do another one. I like three. Three is magic. But if there's one thing you need to do is just take a breath. If we all took more breaths, conscious breaths, there wouldn't be wars. Relationships would be better. You'd feel so much happier, would be healthier. I really, truly believe most things can be fixed by breath. It's our most powerful tool, and we all can do this. And I can do this. You could be yelling at me right now, you could be abusing me, and I could take a conscious breath and it'll drop away. And you wouldn't even know. That's the other thing. We could all be breathing all the time. Sports people know to do this. Like, I'm a skier. When you go off a ski jump, you don't just suddenly clench up. That's going to be the worst thing you're going to crash. You do a nice conscious breath and you get into this relaxed fluid state. And then just magically your body works for you. I don't even know how sometimes I'm like, huh, managed to land that cliff. That was fun. But as soon as I think I allow fear to creep in, I stop breathing because that's an act of fear. We stop breathing, gone. It'll be the worst crash ever.
0: Oh, I love that. That's Thank you for sharing that practice. And you're right, I did feel it. I felt that moment of just, there was this just beautiful piece that kind of filled my whole room. It was, it was a really magical moment. So thanks for sharing that. So Finn, I'm, I'm really curious, would you like to tell us a little bit about what you're working on right now?
1: I'd love to. I'm very passionate about what I'm working on right now. So we've created a new philosophy called Financially Happy. And it's the idea that you can be both happy and wealthy now. Now, just take that in. That, that will probably be challenging some of your constructs. You'll be like, but I don't have enough. I've, I need more. Or no, I need, to be, I need to have this before I can be happy. I'm telling you, you can have it now. And it's a process of taking both positive and practical action. It's about changing your mindset, rewiring yourself, putting in new good code, to be in that place where you live in the present moment, you, you are abundant, you're free, you're happy in those places and then taking practical action to, with your finances towards your vision for your life. And it's a beautiful process. We've built it into, we call it a philosophy first because that's really what it is. Think of minimalism or Marie Kondo. They built beautiful philosophies and they created movements. People changed their belief with minimalism that more necessarily wasn't better actually less can be better. Very similar with the Financially Happy Movement. So we're moving there and then we go through with courses, through group programs. Um, It's epic. Like the results we're getting are just amazing. We're really focusing on women. We, We do serve men as well, but we're really focusing on women. And the reason why that is, is because unfortunately, the financial world has been built in a masculine way. And it's been very... Uh, polarizing to women hasn't been supportive to them and that's where the world has gone it's been into this masculine world it's time for the rise of the feminine energy we all need it the the whole world needs it right now mother nature is feminine and we ne- she needs it we need to save this planet so I believe that money is something which uh, fuels the the masculine energy it creates um, inequality and I want to Go out and be a fighter for that. So um, I'm really excited. And I've I've, I've studied African tribes, I've studied traditional cultures where women really did run the finances, run the families, and everything operated a lot more smoothly and a lot more healthier. There was less aggression, less power, less dominance. So I'm a big believer if we can empower the women, we can empower the families, and we can empower our whole communities and ultimately the world. So that's what I'm fighting to do. And, uh, we're launching, we've done some beta programs and we're launching very, very soon. Probably be launched by this time. This podcast is up and it's financially Look at it. There's awesome quizzes there to tell you how financially happy are you. There's great resources. And I just challenge you. Like if you feel like you're not financially happy or there's something missing in your life, take this program and your life will transform like you've done it, Georgina, and Your life, I've seen you. I've seen you grow over the last year exponentially. You've taken quantum leaps. And sometimes I have to remind you that there's another quantum leap that has been taken. So often we don't want to see it. And that's the gift of this program. All I do is facilitate and remind you of the magic that you already have in you. and Just share with you some really proven systems, some structures, some philosophies, which will transform your life. And before you know it, you'll be bloody happy. You'll be really happy. And you'll also have a whole lot of wealth too. And that's what it's all about. It's all about having more abundance, freedom and happiness.
0: I love it. Thanks for sharing that, Finn. So I have one more question for you. It's a question I ask all my guests. Um, I'd love you to share a journaling prompt that we can share with our audience, please.
1: So all about self-compassion. What would be the kindest thing to do for me right now? What would take care of myself? It's a beautiful practice. And it just reminds you, it might be, Go have a bath, go walk outside. It's generally not the things you think about. And through that, we connect with the heart, we heal ourselves, and then you can go take bold action in life. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Finian, thank you so much for sharing that prompt. And thank you for being such an amazing guest on the show. I had no idea where this conversation was going to go, but it was just epic. I loved hearing all your journaling practices. And it was just so fascinating diving into the intentionality piece and the spiritual piece and also the the work you're doing in terms of helping people become financially happy. So thank you so much for sharing. And everyone, this is a wrap for this week's episode of Writing Your Best Self. As usual, please download your, your journaling prompt from the show notes, follow us on social media, share your feedback, and I will see you very soon for another episode. Thanks for joining and listening.